Hey, thanks for joining us in this fifth session of our study talking about becoming men of God, being God's representatives, God's ambassadors in our world. And we're here today to lead you into this next session. And I love this one. I really like this one. We're going to talk about being me, you being you, me being me, being the men God wants us individually to be. And let me remind you, there are verses of Scripture to read. Your leader will give you those verses. Take the time the next several days to go through those verses and understand how important they can be in your life. Doug, get us going here. One thing that we need to keep in mind, guys, and, and if you could just write this down if you're taking notes, just this little phrase, becoming me to become us. Becoming me to become us. Uh, what I think of, of that phrase is a picture I want you to have in your brain. Um, and, you know, we just been, came to the Super Bowl. And so let's talk about the NFL and the teams that do well. On those teams, there are a lot of really talented people. I've met some of them in the past. And I've asked them, how do you do that? How do you do what you do? They're individually, they're exceptionally talented athletes. But by themselves, they can't win the Super Bowl. By themselves, they can't win a game. By themselves, they can't even have a game. They all have to come together and bring what they have individually to the table, if you will, to the field, and then figure out how to make all that do this for them to become the best team. They become themselves so that they can become the group and the team. So that we want to think about that today as we look at what we're talking about today is about what we're becoming and what we're becoming. There's a point, though, before... Um, we get actually get into the, the lesson itself that Gary and I were talking about before we started filming. And that is simply this. Understand, guys, that as far as God is concerned, you're already men of God. When he looks at you, he sees Jesus. You're not having to perform to earn heaven. This is all about growing up in Christ and becoming what he knows you can become, becoming who you are to be so that who you are brings to the table with who we are and now we have a team that's able to do wonderful things for God. So let's talk about the purpose of that team. First of all, the purpose for all of us. Number one is it's, it's attraction. It talks about in 1 Timothy 1, verse 15, where, where Paul says, and he was unequivocal in what he's about to say. He says, this is a faithful saying, and it's worthy of all, not just some, all. If you were all here today, I would say to you, everybody say all. So maybe around the table you're talking right now, just everybody say all. It's worthy of all acceptance. So what is that saying that is worthy of all acceptance? That Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Anybody has any questions about why Jesus showed up on earth, this is it. He says so right, that's why he came. Then he moves on in Romans. I'm gonna pull that one in right now, 828. Many of you already know this verse. It says that we know that all, which again, all Things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called. And I wish there was a comma there. Now, when we translated the Bible from Greek into English, they, they put the, those points in. I wish there was a comma where it says, all things work together for the good of, to them who love God, to them who are called, comma, according to his purpose. What was Jesus' purpose? To save sinners. And it goes on to Matthew 6, verse 33, which is my life verse. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you, which is the quality of life discussion, your food, your clothing, and all those things. But where does that start? Where do they flow through? The purpose that Jesus came here for, to seek and save, you seek that first, 
then the definition of good becomes how does what is in my life affect that purpose? And then if we focus on that, all those other good things that we like, the abundance of necessary, the health, those things that God has, has set for us, flows through that purpose if we seek his kingdom first. So when we make Jesus's first priority, our first priority, how would you find good changes? And that is what where the good things that we have in life flow through. So first of all, the purpose that God has is attraction, but what it is not is revulsion. Because right after Matthew 633 in John 3 I'm in, I'm sorry in in John 3:16 where God says says I you know Jesus God so loved the world that why he sent his only son that's right after that is verse 17 here's what he did not send his son to do he did not send his son in the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved the purpose is not for us to come and condemn everybody around us because they don't they're not up to our standards the purpose of this discussion we're having right now is not to condemn you because you have not yet become something yet that you're uh, aspiring to. That's not what this is about. Our purpose is to attract people to Jesus if they're not yet in the in Christ, to Christ. If we're in Christ, to the next step of becoming more like Christ. When the world sees what we want from them, are they also seeing what God wants for them? We don't want to re, re, be a revulsion to the world. We're always talking about what we want from them, but what we want to show them to fulfill God's purpose in our lives is what God wants for them. And what's he want for them? Not to condemn them, but to save them. Yeah. And, you know, this whole study, all these lessons that we're going <laughs> through, each one talks about things that God is trying to do in all of our lives. And Doug mentioned a few moments ago, this is common for all of us. Yeah. We're on God's team. Yeah. We are his ambassadors to the world. So our lives need to be presenting to the world what God was presenting through his son, Jesus. The nature of Jesus, the character of Jesus, yeah. the lifestyle of Jesus, he's trying to develop that in all of us. So sometimes I think we look around and think, well, God's doing this in me, but he's not doing it there, and so on and so forth. We need to stay focused. There are things that God is trying to develop in all of us to be his ambassadors, and that's what this whole series has been about to this time. But now we're going to get into a really unique part of this series that I love. This part is so cool. It's so cool. We could spend hours on this, but I promise you we won't. Um, we first of all talked about the purpose for us as a church. As a, as a body, how uh, what we're all here to do. But this now is the purpose for me, purpose for you, Gary, the purpose for each of us around the table, each of us individually. The first thing is that purpose is, is has an interior aspect of it within our own specific life, not anybody around you. Right now, I want you to be thinking about just you and how this applies to you. First Corinthians 12, verse 12 says, for as the body is one, it has many members. Now keep that in mind. We look around the church. You know, we see the pastors on the stage. We see the worship team. We see all the different things that happen on a Sunday morning. We see the things that happen in the different ministries around the world as well as here at this church that we're involved in. And we look at all those different things that come to place. Those are all the many members. But it's one body. And it takes us like the, on the NFL team, everybody bringing to the field their talents that they have in our church, 
to accomplish God's purpose, which is to seek and save the lost, everybody brings to the field, if you will, the talents God has given us. One body, many members. And it, verse, and it goes on in verse 18 of that same chapter. But God, now hear this, it, God himself did this. It wasn't, he didn't send an angel to do it or anything else. Like God himself, he took the time to look at Doug, to look at Gary, to look at you individually and placed you in the body just as he wanted you to be. He has a specific plan for you that is, is, that is so important that it actually came directly from God for you and me. And then 1 Timothy 4 says, that gift that he planted in us individually, that's interior to who, who, who God made us to be, he says, don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. Identify what God has made you good. How, I always talk about people being wired. How are you wired? God wires us all weird, and meaning uniquely. Identify that wiring, those giftings. Where do you start? What do you like to do? What are you good at? How can you bring that to the field for all of us so we can, as a team, win the game? The lesson simply is this. You have a specific God design. Personally, God designed role. There's a reason that you weren't caught up into heaven the instant you believed. You ever think about that, guys? We become Christians. We believe on Jesus. We put our heart and our life in his hands, everything else. Why are we still here? It's because we have roles. We have a, a role individually in the purpose for which Jesus came to this earth to begin with. Yeah. And you know, Doug, earlier we talked about God's doing something in all of our lives that's similar and the same developing the nature and character of Jesus in us. But the part of this I love is each one of us is created uniquely. Our fingerprints yeah. are different. Yeah. Our eyes are <clears throat> different. I heard a story quite some time ago about the fact that every snowflake is unique and different. And I heard a guy telling this story, and I had to research it, and I found it's true. When a snowflake falls, you grab that snowflake, and you find there are no two snowflakes alike. But when that snowflake melts, yeah. if they'll take that and flash freeze it, it goes right back to its original form because it's unique. God doesn't want you to be somebody else. Yeah. He wants you to be you. There are certain common things he's doing in all of us, but there are unique things he's doing in all of us. And if everybody brings their part to the field, we become a winning team. You know, what this is, is interior to each one of us. It's, it is unique to each one of us. It is God designed for each one of us. We're all wired weird, but what it is not, and Gary's already talked about this a little bit, is it's not inferior to others, nor is it superior to others. Second Corinthians, Paul says, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves. He goes on to talk about people who are doing that at that point. He's talking about that it's not our job to look around and go either I wish I could do that, or I can do that better. This whole concept of, of looking at the other players on the team and looking at, at, at the rest, we're all looking at each other, and we're comparing what God's done in us to what God's done in them, and we're either looking at them as inferior to what we're doing, as not as important as our role, or their role is more important than mine. And, and, and it's been very clear that as a body, not everybody can be the eye, nor should they, or the foot, or the hand, or the or you, you pick a part. It said, Paul's always very, very 
blatant about that as he wrote to the churches is that be who God made you to be. Not And don't worry, look at it as I'm inferior or I'm superior. There's an example that after Jesus rose from the dead, that's in John chapter 21, where, you know, Peter, he kind of messed up. You know, you look back at the denials and all the things that he went through and and he really, really messed up. And Jesus lovingly brought him back into the team, if you will. And as they're walking one day, Peter looks back and sees John. And you know, now Peter's feeling, okay, I'm back. You know, and he was always kind of the leader of the group. And he looks back, okay, I'm back now. I mean, what about him? And Jesus' response was, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So guys, as you're looking around, you're going to find out that you fit where you fit. Own it. Celebrate it. They fit where they fit. Help them own it. Celebrate it. What is it to me what Gary does for God? And what is it to Gary what I do? But as we sit here now, even as we example this in front of you, both bringing different things to the table, we're able to do this for you and vice versa. This is an example of the fact that we are not inferior or superior to you or otherwise. We are just doing our part as God has wired us, and he can do that for you. Guys, I want to really make that clear. I know a bunch of you in these groups, and I see God-wired talent in every one of you. There are opportunities for you to make a difference in your world for Jesus, to make a difference in your world for the purpose for which he came, which was to seek and save the lost. You are no more or less important than anybody else around the tables where you're sitting right now or anybody else in the church, either here at this, in the bridge or worldwide. God has a plan for you, and it will blow your mind what he can do if, in fact, you all do it. Yeah. And Doug used the example, in conclusion, uh, of a football team. Quarterback do different things than the linemen. The defensive guys, defensive linemen, defensive backs, linebackers, they're all doing different things. But kind of take any of those away from the team. The team is vulnerable and will lose the games. And the last thing is, the guys who don't participate and be what they need to be like the others, the ones who don't do what they're called to do and paid to do, they get cut from the team. Yep. Now, we're not going to cut anybody from the team because we're all growing. But the point is, God has things for you to do. You need to set your heart and say, I'm going to be what God created me to be. Right now, the most important member of the team is your group leader. We're going to turn it back to him for a few minutes and let him lead you in the conclusion of this this session together.